Welcome, 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 and hello, my We Love Equity Real Estate family. How are you guys doing today? Today is a very special day. We're going to do something a little bit different on today. I have a very good friend, special guest, Brent Bowers, that is a coach, the land coach for Wholesale Inc. So if you guys know anything about Wholesale Inc., which I'm sure you do, I had Lauren Hardy on the show about maybe a year ago and Wholesale Inc. does everything with wholesaling. So I just want you guys to sit back, relax, get ready, get ready to learn something about land. So Brent is based out of Florida, but he's doing deals here in Arizona. He's doing deals in Colorado and other states, and he's basically doing all raw land. So guess what? If you want to learn about land, this is the right person to listen to. This is the right podcast to listen to, and we are ready to take off right now. So Brent, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Good to talk to another guy out in Arizona. So we're here. All right. Great, great. I want to get to Brent. Give us a little bit of background about you, man. What did you do prior to real estate? So prior to real estate, you know, I got in in 2007 and I graduated high school in 2004. I actually started going to like Robert Allen Institute the seminars in like 2005, like right after I graduated high school. I always wanted to be a real estate rock star and I thought I needed to get my real estate license to do it. I'm one of those guys. I'm not a good test taker. Went to real estate school in 2005 after I was after I was like mowing grass all day, I had a lawn service that I started in like middle school and it was doing really well when I got out of high school, but I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So I would like mow grass all day long and then drive about 45 minutes to go to real estate school. Well, barely passed that that exam. And then it was time to take like the actual college exam. And then it's time to take the state exam and a hurricane comes through and hits us in Florida. You know, who'd have thunk it, right? You know, surprise, wow. surprise. <laughs> well, I took a little while before I took the test and went in and just bombed it, failed it, took it again a second time, failed it again. Well, the third time was absolutely the charm. Finally passed the real estate exam, April around 2007. And then April, 2007, I joined a brokerage and literally bought a rental property that same exact month. So I was, wow. I was in the game. You know, I'm one of those guys, you tell me, you just tell me what to do. I'm going to pull the trigger and we're going to figure it out later type thing. A lot of failures, you know, a couple evictions later, 2008 happens. And I took a break in real estate. You know, I sat on the sidelines from about 2007. I never got rid of that house uh-huh. until about 2013 because I joined the military, got another income source, went back to school. You know, I'm like, man, maybe real estate's not for me because I saw brokers getting out that had 30 years in the business and I quit. I just quit in my mind. I was like, if they can't do it, what makes me right, think I right. can? So 2013, Army pulls me out of Afghanistan for the second deployment. Said, we're going to make you an officer. They sent me to Florida. I'm going to Florida Tech to school. I bought a house right next to the college and started house hacking. Didn't even okay. know what that was at the time before bigger pockets made it all cool and fascinating. Right, right. But I was getting paid to live in this house. I'm building equity. And like two months later, I did a cash out refi and bought another rental. And I just kept buying rentals and rentals and rentals. And before I realized, I'm like, I'm in debt, man. I'm in debt. So I started wholesaling some houses to pay off the debt and pay for college courses. And that was going okay. And then I stumbled upon land. Okay. Here we so are. <laughs> before we get into land, let's kind yeah. of go back and dissect a little bit of a few things here. So why did you decide to get your real estate license? Because that is 
one of the questions that a lot of newbies have, they say, hey, you know what, should I get my real estate license or shouldn't I? What made you take the jump to say, I'm going to go and get my license? You know, something made me think that I needed a real estate license to actually be a good real estate investor. I didn't want to take people out and show them houses. I didn't want to take people out and rent houses to them or list their house. I wanted to buy the, the I wanted to own the gold mine. I didn't want to sell them. Okay. So, and, and I was thinking maybe I'm getting like an, an advantage, like the cutting edge to see the properties coming across my desk. And it actually happened one time. The only you know, the first property I bought in 2007, which turned out to be the absolute worst property I ever could have bought. But however, it gave me so much education. So I would say anybody, if they ask me, people ask me all the time, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's not listing houses or showing people houses. Like I say, don't get your real estate license because you almost can't serve two masters. I no longer hold a real estate license. No one on my team has a real estate license. And I buy... I buy a property probably two or three times a week. Okay. You don't have to have a real estate license. So guys, you hear that? Uh, Brent says you don't have to have a real estate license in order to be a, a successful real estate investor. I second that, but with one caveat. So I do hold my real estate license. I was just like you, uh, Brent. Got sucker punched <laughs> over and over and over again, trying to pass that test. It took me three times, but lo and behold, I did pass the test. And the reason why I went and got licensed is because when I got started, the person that I was working for, he was a broker. And in order to do things legally, as far as wholesaling, you know, it was like, okay, I'm a broker. You're doing things up under me. Let's just go ahead and get your license. And I said, hey, why not? You know what? This is the person that I'm under. I'll do it. So and then with that being said, and this is not about me, guys, but then I had to go and get my license for Illinois because I'm wholesaling in Illinois and they instituted the law where you have to have a broker's license in order to wholesale transactions, zero to one transactions. You have to hold a broker's license, anything over one. So lo and behold, I found myself sitting in the classroom again, taking a <laughs> test. <laughs> so, okay. So you're buying. First, let's go back. You did the house hat. What made you think about that? How did you even, how did that even become a process in your mind to house hack? So when I first, so I got pulled out of Afghanistan. I had to clear Germany. I had to clear my house in Germany. I had like very short amount of time. I had like, you know, roughly a couple of days to come get started in school. It was quick, fast, in a hurry. I got selected for something called the active duty green to gold. I only select about 150 soldiers a year. I had to put in for that multiple years. And it was like, it came out of surprise because I didn't think I was selected. Actually, I was told, no, you're denied again. I was let down and heartbroken. Like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? So when I was told I got accepted, I had to really hurry and I didn't have a place to live. Um, and I wasn't going to live on campus. I'm like 20, 27 years old. I'm like the old guy. I didn't want to be <laughs> on campus. So I found an ad, believe it or not, on Craigslist of a guy renting his house, his room out. He worked for a government um, contractor. So I was familiar with the government contractor. I mean, I'll tell you what it is. It's Harris Corporation. So the guy's like an engineer. I'm renting a room from his house. And I am so thankful for this guy giving me this idea. It was just like a, a nice house from the outside, had a beautiful pool, but you walk in like his cat litter box was always full. So I'm like feeding his cat on a daily oh, basis, wow. <laughs> emptying the litter box. And I'm like getting pissed off. Like, I'm like, why am I paying this guy like $550 a month 
I can afford a house myself. I'll do this and I'll make this house way better. And I'll have a place like people actually want to be at. Cause I was like, just going there to sleep and that's it. Yep, yep. Um, and I was always like, do I smell like cat poop basically? <laughs> so I gave him a, like a two week notice and I'm out of here. Well, actually let me back up. I put an offer on a house and okay. when that was accepted, I gave him my notice. So I'm like, I'm out of here. This is my last month's rent. And I turned into that guy. I found like some reputable renters, like some people that I could, you know, I wouldn't mind living with. I call them renters, but really they were roommates. And I literally made money living there in that house. Plus I was paid my basic allowance for housing from the army BAH. So I was pocketing all that money because my mortgage was being paid by my, by my roommates. Wow. Okay. So the house hack was successful and everything like that. How did you, how did you find the tenants? Just you know, other soldiers that you knew, or did you place an ad? What, how did that happen? Craigslist ad. And I, I, I recommend background checks and check them out. You know, you want to know who, who you're, you know, sleeping, you know, under the yeah. same roof with basically <laughs> who's sleeping next to you in the other room. But I just, I met some incredible people. It wasn't a lot, you know, it was, I was only there for two years, but we're still friends to this day. Okay. So now with that property, did you disposition it? Did you sell it? Do you still have it in your portfolio? What's going on with that one? I actually, you know, we always regret the properties we sell. I did sell that one about two years ago, made a fortune on it. But if I had the crystal ball, I would have kept it because the thing was cash flowing like a cow. I actually left it as a room rental. And I was like, well, I started putting things in my mind once again. Well, things are about to start breaking. Oh, this can't keep going good so well as it's it's like nothing ever broke. No problems. I talked myself into it. And I was like, I want to go ahead and get that payday. I did use that money to buy a bunch of land with, you know, quadruple that money. But still, you know, that was a cash flowing house, building equity, mortgage pay down, tax write off. Tax write off. So, so it worked out for you, but I mean, you talk to most investors, they always say, man, I wish I would have kept some of the houses that I had. And I, whenever I hear that, hear someone say that one particular property comes to mind mm-hmm. and I still get pricked in my gut every time I think that I sold that property because it was such a great deal. So you did all of that and you even did some wholesaling. So you even started wholesaling. How did, how did that start? Yeah. So the thing about buying a lot of rentals that need, like I was buying rentals that really needed like renovation. So I was maxing out the Home Depot car, the American Express, borrowing money. And and then I was also paying for these college courses as well. So I kind of ran into, it's like, man, I'm a little, like, I need some funds. So I'd always heard like wholesaling is the fastest, easiest way to get started in real estate. I'm a wholesaling ink coach. You know, my, my mentor, Tom Kroll says the same thing. Like you don't need any credit or money. So I got, I literally went on PropStream. It's, you know, a service you could pull records and, and it was in Florida. It was actually in Melbourne, Florida. And I went to a little city called Palm Bay because I was going to school in Melbourne. I was like, well, where's the opportunity? Well, Palm Bay, they're building a lot of houses in, in Palm Bay, Florida. So I think it's called the notice of default list or Liz pendants. Basically, yep. they were behind on their mortgage. So I went in and printed out a list and went on. Uh, <laughs> this is really going to date me, but MapQuest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and I was like, I didn't have GPS, but I wanted to see, I wanted to make my route. I don't even know if MapQuest exists anymore. This was early 2013. Okay. And I made my route and I literally went and knocked on every one of these doors and I kid you not, I'm pretty sure like everyone that answered the door, I'm uh, like, they were like the, a linebacker for an NFL team because they were all big and pissed. <laughs> um, 
And I'm like, I'm not with the bank. <laughs> I just want to see if you want to sell your house. And then my knocks got quieter and quieter. And then I just started leaving notes. And lo and behold, someone called on one of those notes and Boom. met the guy. There it is. Yeah. Just kept doing it. Met the guy at his house that night. He called, figured out what he owed. It's $150,000. I said, you know, would you take that? He goes, I, I don't give a darn. I'll, I'm about to get kicked out in six days. I don't care. Like that's a motivated yep. seller right yep. there. Yep. There um, so I said, sure. We wrote up the purchase agreement. I got it offline. Didn't even know what I was doing. We, we filled in the, the, we like, we figured it out together. We read through it. He signed it. I went home that night, put it on Craigslist. Cash buyer wanted $160,000, four bedroom, three bath, yada, yada. Well, a lady that owns a title company calls me, says, I have a buyer looking for houses just like this. And I ended up getting 155, not 160. I had another okay. contract for 150. I ended up helping the guy move out of the house because it's the day of closing and the stuff's still there. So I'm like calling everyone on Craigslist. Trucks are coming, trailers. No, come and get I'm this moving, stuff. <laughs> I'm moving a four bedroom, three bath house in my flip flops. And then I, I basically gave the seller 600 cash. I think I netted like 3,700 bucks when it was all done, but it gave me proof of concept, a new, yep. like this, this was alive now. And then someone saw my, my Craigslist ad and said, hey, I got a house down the street. Can you help me wholesale that one? I said, absolutely. I got a buyer's list. Called that my buyer, my only buyer. Yep, yep. Uh, her name's Renee. She owns a title company in Melbourne. And I said, you think Lou wants this one too? She goes, no, I'll take that one. So that one, we made a $9,000 assignment fee. And I, I literally got the check and I brought the 4,500, half of it to the wholesaler that called me. So I did like two wholesales on accident, like a couple of weeks time. And, and isn't that funny how it happens, Brent? It's just it's just simple action that you take. You know, you got out there, you, you pulled your list, you started knocking on doors, and then lo and behold, out of the blue, somebody calls you and say, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, and from there, you didn't have a buyer's list, threw it up on Craigslist, and ended up finding a buyer for it. But but the key thing that I want to, the key takeaway I want people to understand is that. You didn't know exactly what you were doing. You and the seller both didn't know what you guys were doing, but you figured it out together. And it was a win-win for both of you guys. And you ended up rolling that into another deal. So guys, just do what Brent did. Just take action. Just take the small little action steps that you learn from me, from Brent, from Wholesale Inc., from all of these other people, and just start taking those little pieces of action and things will start to happen. Yeah. So you, you got these wholesale deals going. Now, how did you, how did you end up in land? You know, what, how did you do that? Good question. I really stumbled into it, to be honest with you. And so I took a little, another break from real estate from 2013, okay. because now I'm like hyper-focused, got my, got my classes paid for, actually met the love of my life, my, my wife now. So, you know, that's probably what it was. I was spending time with her. There you um, go. <laughs> so 2015, we move. Well, we moved to a couple of places. We had to go to Fort Lee, Virginia for a while for my basic officer leadership course, Bullock. And then we get to Fort Carson, Colorado. It's 2015. And I've got the itch again, the, the entrepreneurship itch. And we actually are about to have our first baby. And I was starting my wholesaling business out there. Actually hired Tom Kroll with Wholesaling Inc. to coach me. Um, 
the best coach on the planet. He okay. taught me how to build a systematized real estate business or wholesaling business. And I was doing that, but I was working like 12, 13 hour days on for the military. So I was like, really like not doing very well with it. I was spending a fortune mailing mm-hmm. and I would do a deal from time to time. And then our first baby comes. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I have got to get out of the military. I did eight and a half years total in the military. I maybe was only home sleeping in my own bed for about four of those years. I was always wow. training, always deployed, always gone, always in the field. So I told my wife, I was like, "We're I'm getting out. And I was searching for more answers. Even after Tom Kroll showed me how to build this amazing business and I'm getting deals, wholesaling houses, putting money in the bank, paying off debt. We bought a nice home. I'm like, there's got to be a better way than buying houses, these dirty, nasty, stinky cat pee house. Some. I'm like, all this competition. <laughs> and yeah. I only have like 30 minutes to go meet a seller during my lunch break. Um, and if I didn't get the contract in that 30 minutes, I wasn't getting it. There was no follow-up. So I heard a guy, I was searching these podcasts, kind of like the We Love Equity show, the Marcus Maloney here, just searching for answers. And I heard a guy just literally buying land. And I'm like, land? You know, I was mm-hmm. just completely avoiding mailing land and I was actually in the middle of mailing a tax delinquent list and all the land records were right there. People that were behind on paying their taxes. So I, I, I mailed out about 687 postcards to the tax delinquent list, to the land guys, to the people that own land. And my phone absolutely exploded because I was wow. like, if this guy on this podcast can buy it for pennies on the dollar and turn around and quadruple his money and like overnight, I can totally do this. I've already got the systems in place. Well, out of those 85 phone calls I missed from that mailer, <laughs> I called about 20 of them back because I, I didn't really have a lot of time. I was working like crazy, new baby, wife. Yeah. Out of those 20 people I called back, I did two deals and each one of those deals netted me a little over $4,500 each. And the wow. second deal actually gave me passive income of $400 a month. Well, I was like, this is totally too good to be true. I'm going to see if I can keep doing this. And I kept doing it and doing it. And the properties got bigger. That land got bigger. The payments got bigger. And before I knew it, 10 months later, I had, I had literally gotten almost $9,000 a month coming in consistently on payments from land because I was setting them all up. Wow. So financing, I would literally buy it for like 5,000 and get a down payment for 5,000 and $300 a month. And I just kept rinsing and repeating. And I, I looked at my wife, I was like, we're financially free. Like our bills are not $9,000 a month. I can get out. I put in my packet and we exploded it. I've got a team now. And then I needed something to do when I got a team. So I started coaching this stuff. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning with this land. So you heard this podcast. You said, all right, this is something that I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. How did you learn the values of the land? Was it just lots? Was it acres? What was it? I'm, I'm completely baffled, Brent. I think I did five or six land deals before I even knew what the stuff was worth, to be honest okay. with you. Because what I would do, I would see what the county would say it was assessed at. Like if it, the county I was in, it was out in Colorado, really close to the Fort Carson. It was in about a two hour radius. So I could go to the land if I needed to. I could go meet sellers, buyers. That gave me a lot of confidence. I would be out putting signs out on the weekend to sell the land. So the assessor site would tell me what the assessed value was. And what the property value was. And usually the assessed value was half of what the property property value was per the assessor site. They were totally wrong, by the way, totally wrong. And I would buy it for half the assessed value. 
So if the land was worth 30,000, according to the assessor property value, and then they would say assessed at 15,000, I would make sure to buy it at half the assessed, which was 7,500. That way I was getting that margin of safety that, that, what is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, Benjamin Graham talks about in his book, The uh, Intelligent Investor. It's laying on my floor, so I had to look at it. <laughs> and that's where that's what Warren Buffett does. He gets a margin of safety. So I was paying only seventy five hundred dollars for a piece of land that's worth thirty thousand. That was my mind, and I would use realtors. I would ask realtors what it's worth. I would go on Zillow and look at like the, the kind of the like you know apples apples comparison, mm-hmm. like comparable property. So I really didn't. Un- like no very well. I didn't have my system in place, but it was working. It was absolutely okay. working. I sold land that was worth a hundred thousand for like 38,000, you know? Wow. But I bought it for 25. So it's just, it's just getting it low enough. I got it at a discount and sold it for a profit. That's all I was okay. focusing on in the beginning. Okay. So you didn't know quite understand the values. So what's, what's the difference now from what you did then and what you do now, as far as assessing the values of the, of the land? I'm so glad you asked me that. Cause now, cause now like me saying that out loud, I really feel like, man, I was quite foolish, but knowing what I know now, people ask me all the time, Hey, the assessed value is this, what should I pay for it? I don't care what the assessed value is. That has nothing to do with what the yep. land is worth. The assessed is what is how the County pay, like bases their taxes, taxes so they can yep. pay their police and their firefighters and their first responders, things like that. So I teach people how to figure out what it's worth by going to Zillow, Redfin, seeing what it's selling for in Landwatch. And you got to do apples to apples comparison. What does that mean? Well, if we're looking at one acre lot, we're only looking at one acre lots that have sold in the last 90 to 180 days in that area within like a you know couple mile radius. So or you're just, so you're, so you're just like running comps, just like you would on a single family residence. You got it. That's absolutely right. And just keeping it close. And, you know, if it's a buildable lot, like an infill lot, say something that's close to water and power and, or there's a house next door to it, then you got to do a comparison, apple to apple comparison on other lots in that area, say 5,000 square feet or 8,500 square foot. You can't compare that to five acres because it's not a, it's not the same thing. So it's just looking at what the stuff's selling for, you know, looking at a couple places, being fine with spending five or 10 minutes and you get faster and faster than this. I love to call land specialist realtors as well. Like how do you find a land specialist realtor? They're like few and far between yeah. like unicorns. Will you go on Redfin or Zillow and see who's selling all this land? So look at the solds on land and see who listed it and who brought the buyer. And you just make a list. All right, Mark and Mark and Mary Jones, Mark and Mary Jones, Mark and Mary, oh, Jim Smith, Jim Smith. And then the person that comes up the most, call that person and be like, hey, I'm looking at this piece of land. It's two acres out in Apache County, Arizona. I have no clue what the stuff's worth. I wanted to know what your 30-day blowout price would be. Like, what could you sell this for like right now to get it done now price? Right. On the MLS. And that's where I that's what I base it off of. Like, I don't want the maybe one day sales price. Like when I see land is set on the market for 289 days on Zillow or whatever, like they're obviously asking too much, too much and they're not yeah. offering seller financing. Yep. Very true. Very true. So that, and, and kind of, it mirrors kind of what I did in the beginning when I was going into a new market, trying to find, okay, how can I move deals? And it was, I would go on riffing and I would look at all of the realtors that sold properties in that area. 
And then I would just pick up the phone and I would call them. Hey, you know what? I don't understand the value of this property. You know, help me out. And if you help me out and I get it, you know, I may have you to list it for me. And I just started finding these realtors, the same realtors just kept popping up, popping up, popping up. And those were the realtors that was working with investors. So we would just run our deals through them. And then they just started helping us build a buyer's list. So sound like something similar that you did, Brent. Success leaves clues. Like I'm not going to call the agent I've never heard of or, hey, my brother-in-law is friends with a realtor. Heck yep. no, don't call that person. <laughs> or my uncle, my aunt Sally is a realtor. I'm sorry, Aunt Sally. You're not going to list my property. Like, there's a reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got some family members that are realtors, and they're like, "Why don't you ever like give me like give me a chance?" <laughs> no, I want to go with the winner. <laughs> yeah, because we got to move these things fast. We got to yeah. move them fast. So, tell me, Brent. Sounds like you had a ton of success, man. What were some of those failures that you faced, and how did you get over them? Because I know you, you know, you started, stopped, started, stopped. What were some of the reasons why you stopped? And, you know, how did you get over that? Because the mindset is, is very challenging to get over. Like you said earlier, you said, well, all of these brokers that have been in the business for 30 years was stopping. What makes me think that I can continue having success if they stopped? So, man, great question. We'll get real. We're all here. So my first, when I got my real estate license, that's how I met my first wife. My first wife, my first wife's mom was my real estate broker. So I met my broker and then met my first wife and she was not about real estate. She didn't want to have anything to do with it. Like she watched her mom's up and downs and struggles and all these properties she bought, like they would be broke and some, sometimes they'd be wealthy and like, she didn't want to have mm -hmm. anything to do with that. She didn't want to be married to that. So I ended up joining the military, hence the, the break and um, from real estate. And, you know, my second deployment, like I was gone, I was gone all the time. So me and my wife, my first wife kind of split ways on that second deployment and that hurt. Like, mm -hmm. so that's one of the major failures in my life. And then I got back into real estate in 2013. I would say that, you know, I failed a lot of times. I've made a lot of mistakes buying properties. There's always a secret with every house. Like I just, we bought an, we bought a commercial building, office building and ended up putting two roofs on it. Like that wow. was a $40,000 failure. The first roof leaked and the, the, the contractor ran off with my money. Oh, wow. um, so I had to put a second one on. So I renovate this entire building. We bought a commercial building for $160,000 and we ended up putting almost 200,000 into it. And then it sat vacant for the last year and a half. Couldn't find a renter for it. So another mistake, we just rented it out literally yesterday. Like I'm on clout nine. Like I'm finally getting income from this property. My mortgage has been <laughs> I got to give you some kudos for that, man. If you've been holding that property that long and just, just, you just got a tenant, man, congratulations on that. We don't want to overlook that success, Brent. Yeah. Thank you. And this was Colorado Springs and the, like there's massive explosion going on. Yeah. It's in an enterprise zone. U-Haul uh, bought across the street. They're building all these storage rent, uh, units. And then there's 240 apartments going across the street. And I'm like, why is my immaculate building sitting vacant? And we finally got a renter. But luckily, I had so much cash flow coming in from land. Like it was paying for that building. It paid mm. for that building. And my mortgage is like $1,500 a month. Now, granted, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get all my cash flow because I did kind of the Burr method. I bought okay. I renovated and I tried to rent it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the thing with a commercial building, if you don't have a tenant, they don't really value it as much. So right. I basically sunk almost 160,000 of my own cash 
into that building. But luckily I had other good investments happening. So you can't focus on the negatives. You can't focus on the challenges. Okay. Yeah. I was losing money on a couple of real estate properties, but I was making money on hundreds over here. And I feel like some people go down that route and they just dwell on it. I mean, you got to look at the positive things. My team had a great place to go and use as an office, even though we're all virtual. But you know, if a seller wanted to meet us, a buyer wanted to meet us, we weren't going to Starbucks and saying, hey, come to our office. Right, right. And the last thing I want to tell you about was that first rental property. You know, that was hard. Like I would save up my money on the first deployment, my first 364 day deployment. And I get back from Afghanistan. I got a house I got to go renovate. I wanted to go travel. Like I wanted to take a little time off, but I had to go and clean the cockroaches out of a house and scrape poop off my walls because this woman trashed it. So it's like embrace the failures, embrace the struggles because you're, you're only guaranteed challenges in life. I think there, there you go. And, And I think that, you know, you have to get through some of those failures in order to hit those successes. And those failures actually make those successes feel 10 times greater, 10 times better, because you can look back and say, wow, I went through all of this and now I finally made it to this point and now I'm having a level of success. So that's great. So Brent, let's take a brief break. Let's hear a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk about a few things about you know, you structuring some of those creative finance deals and your team and what you guys are doing going forward. So let's take a brief break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Okay, guys, we are back with Brent Bowers, who is the land guy with Wholesaling Inc. I'm sorry, Brent, what's your official slogan or yeah, I am a coach. I'm, I'm the land coach with Wholesaling Inc. I'm super proud of that. Like the best, I mean, we're student first. There's a lot of great, great coaching programs out there, but I, I just love being part of the Wholesaling Inc. crew because we are student first mentality. If it's not the best choice for the student, we don't make that choice. But yeah, our the program is called The Land Sharks. The Land okay. Sharks. So The Land Sharks. So Brent is one of, or the shark with Wholesale Inc. and their land division. So Brent, before we left, we were talking about your deals and how you were doing some things creative. So you said that you had bought this commercial property and your other land deals was actually funding that deal. How did you set up these creative structures with some of the land in order to pay for this commercial building? So the way I love to buy land is I like to buy it at a massive discount. I, I really like the stuff like on the outskirts of the city where it's growing because you can go you can go out just a little further and get crazy deals. You can get a little bit more acreage. And what's cool about this is when you buy it at a, at a massive discount, you can turn around and sell it for retail and premium prices if you make it affordable for someone else. And what, how do I make it affordable? It's through seller financing, just getting a little creative. You know, how... How can Ford or Chevy or Dodge sell these trucks for seventy, eighty thousand dollars? It's because they allow people to come in and make payments. And I do the same thing with my land. I don't do credit checks. I don't do background checks or employment. If they can make the down payment, which is always larger than our monthly payment, if they can okay. make a down payment and afford a monthly payment of two, three, four, five hundred a month, I now make it so affordable and so easy for them to buy a piece of land of their dreams to one day build that cabin or have a place they can go camping or hunting or four-wheeling or you name it, park their RV, whatever they want to do just to own a piece of America. We offer that for two, three, four, sometimes $600 a month. And I've done about, I've got 114 of them paying me right now. 
so where are you where are you finding your your lease option people your in buyers on these yeah. properties yeah and they are actually we set it up as a contract for deed or some places call it a land contract to mm-hmm. where they are signing a contract say for instance they're buying this piece of land for 15,000 they're going to pay me $300 a month at 9% interest for you know 60 months so i'm finding these people on places like craigslist you know you start wow. to notice i really like craigslist yeah um, yeah <laughs> I have a website, you know, we've built some good Google ranking. We've been doing this for many years now. I put it on, you know, the land websites like land.com, land century, land hub. I try and be everywhere. If someone wakes up and Marcus, you wake up today, be like, I want two acres in Arizona today. I want you to see me. Like if you go to Apache, Arizona on land watch, you're going to see my face everywhere because I'm the land specialist out there. So I want you, I want to come up. I put out signs. We, we put signs out. Like we have all kinds of signs. Where else? Facebook buy sell groups. And we, we try and drive them all to our website, which is, you know, getland.org or vacantlandofthefree.com. And once they go in there, they fill out their name and their phone and their email, or I think it's just their phone and their email. And then they see letters from us, newsletters, and they see Google, re- I'm sorry, they see Facebook retargeting ads from us. And we stay in front of them because most people don't just wake up today and say, I'm going to buy land. No, it'll right. be a year from now. So, and we build a list. We built a list of land buyers. Okay. So once you build that list and you, you're moving these deals, I know it's not just you, Brent. What does your team look like, you know, and how did you find these, these people to work with you? Yeah. I mean, so my team right now uh, consists of, we, I, ha- I work with two um, ladies. They're amazing. They both buy all the land and the houses and sometimes a 19 unit apartment complex, sometimes a commercial building. <laughs> we'll pretty much buy anything now at this point. And so my team, you know, had those two amazing ladies are the sweethearts. They're the best listeners. Like they do well at their job. I used to be the one buying the stuff and I'm not that good at it. I, I like to just talk. They listen better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if, if you didn't hear me say that, I said, listen, 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 listen. Like that's, that's, that's a good salesperson. They listen really well. And then I had my land specialist, which she actually just, just left us. She's getting a surgery. So okay. right now we don't even have a land sales specialist. So guess what? We're utilizing real estate agents that are land specialists. I also have two virtual assistants in the Philippines, a husband and wife team. She basically does all of our ads on Craigslist, or actually, let me back up. She does all of our ads on our our website and all the land sites. We've now farmed out our Craigslist ads to to specialists, like because my stuff was getting flagged and ghosted. (laughs) I "I don't understand Craigslist anymore, but she, she like requests the photos. She does all the due diligence on the land. She's just amazing with like Photoshop and just does a great job and she tracks our key performance indicators how much we spend you know how what kind of response we get what kind of conversion we get um that way we can look and be like oh nope craigslist doesn't work anymore (laughs) type thing so let me ask you this brent because i i I recently went through this and i know that this is something that a lot of people go through especially when they're going from that infancy stage where it's just that solopreneur to now it's like okay i'm gaining some traction i got some consistent deal flow I need to hire somebody and I need I need to start putting a team in place. When did you get to that point where you said, all right, I know I can't do this by myself. I need help. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had an advantage that most people didn't. And that was no time whatsoever. I didn't, you know, I, I'm, you know, you usually hear about the people that have the money, but no time. 
and or no money, money no plenty time, of time right <laughs> or plenty of time and no, no money. money i had no money no time when i was starting this out in 2015 when i talked about how i would rush off base to go meet a seller i didn't have time to answer my phone so i was mailing some some months i'd spend like three four thousand dollars in postcards not even be able to take the phone call so Ouch. i had to put someone in my team right away, or I didn't have a business. I would go to the field and my business would be turned off, basically going bankrupt. So I brought someone in very early. April, 2016 was the date. Her name is Jen and she's still with me today. Like she runs the company, absolute rock star. So I had to hire quick. I was forced to, I didn't know how to, and I wasn't doing a lot of business. So like, I'm like, well, who's going to want to come with me? So what I did, I found someone, I told her exactly what I was doing. Here's my past. Here's my vision. I literally had her come to my house. Like she sat there with me, my wife, and I think, yeah, she was, uh, no, we just had the baby, um, like a newborn. And basically like, she's like, I remember her saying this, like I, I was so creeped out going to your house. But when I, when I walked in, I knew this was the place for me type thing. Perfect. So I just Perfect. showed her, I was like, here, like I, I laid it all out on the line. Do you want to come with me? Like we're going. So, and we, and we built it. And that's great because a lot of people, they think, because I, I was the same way and I, I'm guilty and I raised my hand. I'm guilty because it was like, well, I'm not doing a massive amount of deals. You know, who's going to come and want to work for me and, and everything like that. And that, that left me stuck for a long time, Brent, to be honest, because I was like, well, I'm not doing a lot of deals. I just do everything myself. And I was just doing that. I was doing everything myself. And then I came to the realization, I was like, you know what? I got to get out of this. I got to, you know, burn the boats and jump out there, hire somebody to help me really do things. And then once I started doing that, we started seeing just an influx of deals and deals and deals. And right now, you know, we're still formulating a team and moving pieces around on the chessboard because, hey, you know what? Sometimes things have to change and things pivot and you got to make sure your people are ready to do that with you. So, man, that's that's an excellent story because, like I said, a lot of people, they don't know when it's that time to bring somebody on. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. And yeah, and we've just continuously brought more and more and more people on and we kind of grew a little bit more like we were up to nine people and we kind of scaled back a little bit, too, because we realized we were like, now it's like indigestion. Like we've, we've actually hired too much. We're spending too much. We yep. had to scale back a little bit though, too. But I just want to brag on Jen a little bit. You know, when I found her, she was renting a house. Now she's actually about to list a, a multifamily property that she's got. It's two units. She's listing it today. That property, when it sells, if it sells for the most conservative price, she's going to take all the uh, that profit and pay off her primary residence. Wow. So she's about to have a house that's paid for. So like you can you can do like anything with this business if you're smart with it. So and like that's my whole motto with the land sharks. Like I want to teach people how to build a business that serves them, their family and others. You know, I've been able to serve others now through other people. There you go. And that's what it's all about. So Brent Kind of wrapping up here, but I did wanted to get this in and I wanted to ask you. So what your primary marketing strategy is it? Because I know you spoke about postcards and direct mail. Is that is that your primary marketing strategy? 
Yeah, I, I love sending something called a LOL, the land offer letter. Every time okay. we get it back, we laugh out loud because we just got a piece of land under contract at less than fifty cents on the dollar. But I love mail because it could be automated, delegated. This stuff happens every week without me, guys. Like it's not like text messaging or cold calling where it's extremely like on the offense and it works really well. But like that takes management. I don't want to manage. Yeah. I want a passive business. Okay. All right. So you hear, you hear from Brent guys, direct mail. How many people do you hear out there saying, Oh, direct mail is dead. Direct mail is dead. Direct mail is dead. You got to be doing some of these other creative things. You do not understand how many people that I talk to and they say, yeah, we're doing cold calling. We're doing this and we're doing that, but our, our foundation is direct mail still. So if you got the money, you got the resources, you got the time guys, still get those letters out, still get those postcards out and everything like that. So Brent, let's kind of wrap up here. We're going to put you on a hot seat, sir. We are going to put Brent on the hot seat. All right, Brent. <laughs> there we go. Got your bill. Got your bill. Starting over, what would you do differently? Oh, man, I would have first can I give you two things? One, yeah. hire a coach sooner. Two, listen to that coach and track my KPI sooner, my key performance indicators, how much I send, how much I spend, how much I make. That's all you have to do is track those three things because then I know what's working. I know where to put the money and I know where to take the money back from because we're losing money. And I just hired a CFO to help me with that as well. Okay, perfect, perfect. What is one characteristic you believe every high producing achiever needs to have? I just say energy, get energy. Eat healthy, eat more green vegetables, exercise more, drink more water. If you can give yourself more energy, you'll be more successful because it takes a lot of energy to get on just this podcast. There you go. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then what is one thing that helps you stay motivated that you can share with the listener? My team, you know, I focused for a while, like how do we build up Jen's income now? How do we build up Chrissy's income? How do we get Ian and Migs making more money and Helen? If you can focus on your team's income, you're going to be blessed, absolutely blessed, and you're going to grow and explode and be blessed and, 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 and prosper. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds great. So before we wrap up, man, I want to give, I want you to give us a little insight on the land sharks kind of, you know, for somebody that's interested in land and they're like, you know what, this sounds like it might be where I want to go. How can we reach you? How can we find you and give us a little a little input on the land sharks. What do you guys do? Yeah, no, I talked about wholesaling ink. You can go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. I actually just launched a YouTube channel about five months ago. If you go on YouTube, you can search Brent Bowers, Brent Bowers. Please subscribe to my channel. Help me explode this thing. But I'm giving like my business everything. Like I do five videos a week. Every single day I'm coming out with a video and talking about my business, my land business, my wholesaling business. And if you're interested, you know, in setting up a call by going to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, you know, schedule a call with my team. We'll see what your real estate goals are, you know, see what you're looking to build in this. And I'd be honored to coach you. And basically it's not just coaching. It's also modules. We have support to where your questions get answered and like we can walk you through deals. So I'm just so proud of it. And that's what it's all about, you know, getting okay. people success. All right, guys, you know what to do. Go out there, find Brent Bowers, 
Go to his YouTube page, go to his Facebook, Instagram, go to wholesaleinc.com, get everything you need as far as land. So Brent, I want to thank you, sir. It takes energy in order to, you know, put this content out. A lot of people think, hey, it's easy. Just grab your phone and do this, do that. But it does take a lot of energy and planning. And I want to thank you for being on and speaking with the listeners on today. So in party, give us one last word of encouragement for our listeners. Word of encouragement. You know what? The first thing I think of is read the book called Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. You can read it in like two hours. That's all the encouragement you'll ever need. Heck, I'll give you even better. Listen to it on on Audible because it's even better on Audible, I think. Okay. So that's Rhinoceros Success. Who is it by? By Scott Alexander. That's why I'm standing in front of a huge rhinoceros with three inch thick skin. Like that's where it came from. That's why we're in the, the Rhino Tribe Wholesaling Inc. So read that book. It's a, uh, I mean, they should like if you want if you want motivation, that'll give it to you. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. You know what to do. You got the information. Let's get out there. Let's take action. The We Love Equity listeners always go out and they perform. So I'm waiting to hear you and see you perform. So you know what to do. Reach out to me. Go to MarcusEMaloney.com or find me at MRCS Maloney on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. You know where to find me. So guys, thank you so much again, Brent. Thank you so much for being here. And guys, we are signing off. All right, guys, that was Brent Brent Bauer. Go to wholesaleinc.com, find out more information about land. I wanted to bring a little something different, you know, outside of just traditional wholesaling, but he's actually wholesaling land. So I always tell you there's different strategies out there. If one don't work, sometimes you may need to try another one until you find that perfect niche that's for you. But believe me, success is out there. You just got to find it. Go out there. I'm trying to leave these clues for you so you'll understand that just because you failed in one area, you can also succeed in another area. So I want you guys to take the time, go out, find your special expertise in what area of real estate investing it is. And then feel free to let me know, hey, what's working for you? What's not working for you? And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. You know where to go, MRCS Maloney at YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and then go to MarcusEMaloney.com. That's MarcusEMaloney.com. We got still offered a 15-minute free consultation for you. We're not doing them as much because we're doing some other things, going to be rolling out some other things, but we still have it up. So take advantage of that 15-minute free consultation. You will speak directly with me, not anyone else. You'll speak directly with me. So thank you so much again. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your day. And we look forward to hearing and seeing you in the future. All right. Thank you.